his resurrection, that he passed through Jerusalem, or that he passed through Samaria and Galilee, between Samaria and Galilee, between the religiously unclean and the children of Abraham, between those considered to be on the outside and those considered to be on the inside. Jesus passes between them, and between the two regions is an area where a group of Samaritans and Galileans lived in community together. These group of folks weren't welcome in either of their communities. These Samaritans and Galileans found community together. Why? Because they were lepers, not leopards. Lepers. Lepers. You know what a leper is? Do you? What's a leper? It's a guy that has a disease. That is right. So let's talk about leprosy for a minute. Good job. Leprosy was a catch-all term for a variety of skin diseases. Leprosy made people unclean, ceremonial unclean. What does it mean to be ceremonial unclean? What has to do with worship, right? If something was designated as unclean, they couldn't take part in the worship ceremony. Boys and girls, if somebody was designated unclean, they weren't allowed to come in for worship. They weren't even allowed to live in the same community. They were avoided and they would live and and move out to exile. And something about being unclean, it wasn't always about sin or it wasn't always about breaking God's law. Sometimes it was sickness or bleeding or contact with a dead animal. And if you were unclean, you had to be declared unclean so that you could be welcomed back in. But until you could be declared clean, you had to be separate from the community. So the leper is aware of two things. He's aware of his own uncleanliness, and he's aware that his community is a community of uncleanliness. And it's to this type of community Jesus passed through. So let's look together. You got your Bibles open, moms and dads, boys and girls. Luke chapter 17, starting at verse 11, says this. While traveling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, when Jesus saw the lepers, he told them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were cleansed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell down at his feet, thanking him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told them, Get up and go on your way. He told him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. First point this morning, if you're taking notes, it says that they stood at a distance. They stood at a distance. Hear this this morning. Your uncleanliness separates you from God. God is holy. Sin is consumed by God's holiness. Darkness is extinguished by light. Sin separates you. And the lepers stood at a distance because they recognized that their sickness was contagious and incurable. They were not welcome around to come around others. But now we see Jesus is not concerned about them making him unclean. We already see this. We'd seen this several weeks ago when Jesus had touched and healed a leper. Do you guys remember that leper? What was Jesus' response to that leper, to the one who wasn't clean, to the one who couldn't be touched? Jesus reaches out and touches him. 
reaches out and touches him. The old song says, I was lost and undone without God nor his son till he reached out his hand for me. He had to reach way down for me because I was unclean. I was dirty. I needed to be healed. I couldn't do it myself. Hear this this morning. Jesus has the power to make unclean things clean. Jesus has the power to make unholy things holy. Jesus has the power to forgive you of your sin and make you new and create in you a clean heart and renew in you a steadfast spirit. Jesus has the power to do what you are powerless to do. That's your turn to say amen, boys and girls. Thank you. That was excellent. Jesus has the power, so moms and dads, you got to say amen so they learn how to say amen. Don't make me amen so you amen so they say amen. Jesus has the power to make unclean things clean. His light drives out darkness. His life overcomes death. His holiness makes the unclean clean. His holiness makes the unholy holy. His righteousness makes the unrighteous righteous. His blood covers our impurity and our sin and our filth. Jesus does it. Jesus touches us in our uncleanness and our sin and our unrighteousness and he changes our nature. Jesus makes the unclean clean. We can't do it. We can't do it, but Jesus does it. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus does it. And everyone who recognizes their sin and their uncleanliness seeks out Jesus to hear Jesus teach and to be healed and to be made clean. But these lepers, they stood at a distance. Why did they stand at a distance? Maybe they were embarrassed. Maybe they were ashamed. Maybe they were being disrespectful. Maybe they were afraid. Whatever reason, their distance mattered little to God. See, God is, Jesus is God spanning the great distance to make us clean. Jesus is God spanning great distances to make us clean. Jesus is God leaving heaven to be born of a virgin, to span the gulf between us and the creator, to make us clean so that he can tear down the wall of resentment and bring us to peace with God. God is in Christ Jesus spanning the distance to make us clean. And they cry out to Jesus, verse 13. They raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy. Write down notes. Write down have mercy. Have mercy. These lepers understood their need. They understood their condition. What is mercy? Mercy is good, 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 good guess. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what is coming to you. Anybody ever play the game of mercy? I hate that game. That's like my least favorite game. I have a phobia of my fingers just being snapped at the game of mercy. 
You like to play mercy? Come here, let's play mercy. I think I can beat you. Come on. Not kidding. Sit down. But when you when you're playing mercy, right? You you put your hands and you 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 try to you try to get the other person to say what? And what does that mean? Please, please stop. I cannot handle this. Right? Please stop. I cannot handle this. Mercy. 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 See, mercy is crying out, saying, I am powerless to stop this thing that is coming to me. To me. Help me. Please have mercy. I can't fix it. I can't change it. I can't make it right. I don't have the strength or the power or the ability to change what's coming to me. I am at your mercy. Please have mercy on me. They understood, these lepers understood that, that they were powerless to change their condition. They were powerless to heal themselves. They were powerless to make themselves clean. They were powerless to change their life. They understood that they could not change what was coming to them, but that mercy could change it. Mercy triumphs over judgment. James chapter 2, verse 13. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has not shown mercy, but mercy triumphs over judgment. Do you hear that this morning? Mercy triumphs over judgment. This morning, have you recognized your need? Listen, maybe you're facing a situation today, either here in this house, you're here, or you're watching via the live stream this morning. You're maybe you're facing a situation that has reminded of your of you reminded you of your humanity, reminded you of your frailty. Maybe a health issue has reminded you of your weakness. Maybe a situation at work or at school or at home has reminded you of your frailty, of your need. Maybe you're going through a situation that you can't change, that you can't fix, that you can't solve, that you're powerless to work in, but you need mercy. Maybe it's a temptation. Maybe it's a temptation that you have not been able to overcome. Maybe it's a sin that's ensnared you. Maybe it's a weight that has entangled you, and you recognize that you can't overcome that temptation on your own, that sin on your own. You can't free yourself from the bondage on your own. You can't stand up under the weight on your own. Cry out for mercy, church. Maybe it's shame or guilt that clings to you and holds you and pulls you down. Maybe it's fear or anxiety, and you realize you cannot breathe this morning without mercy. And so you cry out, mercy of God, mercy of God, come near to me. I need you. I'm powerless. I am weak. I am frail. I need the mercy of God. And you cry out for mercy. Even at a great distance, even if it feels like God is a million miles away, Jesus is a long way off. From a great distance, they cried out, Oh, Jesus, Master, have mercy. Jesus is not too far that he can't come near to you, church. You hear that? Jesus is not too deaf that he cannot hear you. 
Jesus is not too powerless that he can't save you. Cry out for mercy. Jesus is the mercy of God incarnate. Jesus is the mercy of God incarnate in the flesh. Jesus speaks when they cry for mercy. Jesus answers in verse 14 of Luke chapter 17. When he saw them, he told them, go and show yourself to the priests. They hadn't killed them yet. They were still unclean. Go and show yourself to the priests. And while they were going, while they were going, they were what? themselves to the priest is because the priest had to confirm their cleanness. The priest had to confirm that they were no longer unclean, but that they were cleansed, that they were made whole. So now these guys, they were unclean, but Jesus said, go. And here's what Jesus said. This is, this is important. Take, if you're, listen, take notes, write this down, be engaged. Here we go. You ready? This is what Jesus knew. Jesus knew that when they got on their way, if they would just go, they would be clean. But they would not be clean. They were not clean, but he told them to go. They were not clean, but he sent them on their way. They weren't yet whole, but he said, go. For Jesus said,
Jesus knew that their healing was coming. He was sending them on ahead of their miracle because they would find their miracle on the way. Maybe, maybe you've heard the song, we've done the song, Praise Before My Breakthrough. Y'all, y'all heard that song? You like that song? Praise Before My Breakthrough. Right? You know that one? If it's not in the tune, I sang it. But you know the song. That's the better truth. Did the walls of Jericho fall because they praised or because they obeyed? They fell because they obeyed. Praising before they fell was part of the obedience. Praising was part of the obedience. Worship and shouting and celebration was part of the obedience. so is going to church. So is giving of your time, your talent, your treasure. So is loving your neighbor. So is turning from sin. You've got to obey before your breakthrough. Sometimes we think, well, we just shout, we just praise. I'm just going to praise until my breakthrough comes because that's the easy thing. I'm just going to go up and I'm going to worship. I'm just going to sing the song. I'm going to put on the worship music and I'm going to pray until the breakthrough comes because that's easy. But no, 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 no. Obedience before my breakthrough. Before my breakthrough, that's the hard one. We want to cop out and say, Well, I praised, I went to church, I sung the song, I'm still going through a hard time, but you're not obedient through the week. That's where the people say, Amen. You're not obedient through the week. You can't go to church and shout and sing and expect the walls fall when you've been living in disobedience all week long.
the show, Praise of the Night. And it's funny, right? This guy, whenever someone would call in, whenever someone would call in and say they had a financial need, whenever someone would call and say, I have a financial need, I need, to, I need this in my finances, the person, the, the guy, the, the host would always say, do you pay your tithes? And if the person said yes, you said, well, let's pray. The person said no, so I'm not going to pray for you. Slaughter. Anybody remember Alvin Slaughter? Come on, somebody. 
good. It's true. You give God the glory, he will give you the victory. But we also got to learn to give God the glory because he has given us the victory. He has given us the victory. We are walking in obedience. The miracle has happened. Now we're going to give him some glory. We're going to give him some praise for what he has done because he is faithful to do what he has said he would do. We're just going to walk in his faithfulness and see the goodness of God, and then we're going to give him the glory. It is okay, church. It is even good and proper to shout, to use a, what did the leper do? The man who, the, the man who formerly identified as a leper, what did he do? excited about what God is doing as we were when it first happened. We need to have the posture of the fan whose team hasn't won in years and has finally won. It is a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Celebrate, church. Celebrate the victory that is yours in Jesus Christ. Celebrate that you have been that you have been transferred from the domain of darkness in the kingdom of his beloved son. Celebrate that you are a slave to sin, but now you are free in Christ Jesus. Celebrate that you were dead, but now you're alive. Celebrate that you are blind, but now you see. Celebrate that there is victory in Jesus. And you can be loud about it, and you can shout about it, and you can dance about it, and you can jump about it. You can celebrate the victory, church. Stop celebrating is because we've stopped realizing what we have accomplished in Jesus or what Jesus has accomplished in us. Maybe, maybe you've forgotten the joy that comes in celebrating. Hear this, church. We often celebrate merely as a response to our joy. Did you hear this? This is important. Sometimes we celebrate as a response to our joy, but there's also a supernatural joy that comes from celebrating other people. I think some of us this morning need to celebrate again so we can find our joy again. Some of us need to celebrate again 
so we can find our joy. We've lost the focus of our victory. And so we begin to complain and nitpick and grumble and find fault in the bitterness and the own grudges. We're not celebrating the victory. We need to celebrate the victory so we can have the joy of the story. Maybe you haven't worshipped with abandon. Or maybe you haven't praised without restraint because you've been you've been going through a trial or going through a storm or life has made you numb. Hear me this morning. Celebrate before you feel it because there is a joy that comes in the celebration. There is a joy that comes in the celebration. When you are having a celebration, there is a joy that happens. There's the there's the joy of, of victory. And then when you celebrate, and then the joy just begins to overflow. The joy just begins to get get bigger and, and get stronger. It begins to, to change your attitude and change your outlook and change your pers- perspective. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And it's time for some of us to get our joy back. It's party time in Jesus. It is party time in Jesus. Sing, shout, dance, lift your hands, clap your hands, celebrate for the Lord has given you the city. He has redeemed you. Celebrate, get loud, be joyful, be joyous. There is a transformation that will happen in your spirit when you begin to celebrate. Get your hands where my eyes can see them. Get your hands where my eyes can see them. 
see them. Get your hands where my eyes can see them. Y'all know who that is, right? Come on. Here we go. Waves of mercy. Waves of mercy. Waves of grace. Everywhere I look, I see your face. Your love has captured me. Oh, my God, this love, how can it be?
played that whole song with a pick in the net. Now, listen, 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 listen. There is joy there. There is joy there. Stop waiting for the Spirit to lift you up out of your seat and make you sing or move. I said stop waiting for the Spirit to lift you up out of your seat and slap you on the forehead and make you dance and run around. Quit waiting for the Spirit to make you act all weird. Just worship Jesus. Just get joy in your worship. Just celebrate. There is a joy there. There is a miracle in the journey, but there is a joy in the celebration. There is a miracle in the journey, but there is a joy in the celebration. The Samaritan could not wait to get back to Jesus. He had to get back to Jesus and and give Jesus a praise. So I don't know what you're waiting for this morning. I don't know what you're waiting for on Sunday mornings. We don't come into this house to celebrate a funeral. We come into this house to celebrate a resurrection. If I had a hanky, I would wave it. It is a joy. There is a joy in the celebration. If you had a rough week, if you have been in the graveyard all week long, on Sunday morning, you're not there anymore. Come into the house to celebrate, to worship, and have your joy restored. I don't know what you wait for. You can be like the other nine, or you can be like the Samaritan. The Samaritan recognized his need. He recognized the mercy that had been given to him. He realized his miracle, and he responded in worship. Be the one. Be the one. Write it down. Be the one. Again, church, I don't know what you're waiting for. Luke chapter 17, 17 through 19, Jesus said, We're not ten cleansed. Except this foreigner. And he told him, Get up, go on your way. Your faith has saved you. Not only did this man's obedience bring the realization of his healing, his return to worship Jesus was a demonstration of a faith that had saved him. Two miracles a miracle of healing and a miracle of salvation. The other nine received their miracle of healing, but this man had a faith that saved him. He received a greater miracle. This one went back to worship. This morning, I want to encourage you to be the one that goes back to worship. You may be the only one. You may have to turn from the crowd to worship. You may have to let others go on over, go on to the priest, go on wherever they need to go without you because you've got to give back to Jesus to worship. You need to be the one. We need more ones like the Samaritan. We need more worshipers. Y'all already asleep again. Live from a place of healing and worship. Because your obedience and faith has healed and saved you. Be the one. Be the one. Experience the grace and the mercy. 
blessing and the power of Jesus and the presence of Jesus. Listen, the other nine experienced the miracle of Jesus, but one experienced the presence of Jesus. sing this song that we opened the service with this morning and we're going to celebrate we're going to sing it in celebration we're going to sing it in celebration kids you guys can come on up to the front over this area come on up and help us kids and 